and welcome to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast series. Today, our podcast is a research update. My name is Sarah Sheik, and I'm a swine extension educator. Joining me today is Zakai Zen, who is a postdoc in the Department of Animal Science. He's going to be sharing with us today some of his research that he's been working on during his time here at the University of Minnesota. And in fact, in March of 2017, he presented his research that he's gonna talk about today at the Midwest American Society of Animal Science. So to get us started today, Zakai, will you tell us about yourself and who you're working with while you're here at the University of Minnesota? Sure, hi, this is Zakai Zeng. I obtained my PhD degree from China Agricultural University at Beijing in 2015. And then I came to University of Minnesota and I worked with Dr. Jerry Sesson and uh, Pedro Uriona at the postdoc. Right, great, thanks. And what research topic will you be sharing with us today? Today, I want to share with you our efforts that aims to improve nutritional value of high fiber ingredients by using fiber degrading enzymes. Okay, I think we hear a lot about enzymes in swine nutrition today, so that will be great. Can you give us a little brief introduction to your research study? Like explain why it was a valuable project to do? Sure, as you may know, Corn dehydrated grain with soybeans, or called in short as corn DDGS, has been widely used in the swine industry. The relatively lower energy utilization of DDGS diets always bothered the industry compared to the traditional corn and soybean diets. The fiber degrading enzymes were the most popular strategies to deal with this concern. However, the results of enzyme application were not consistent in digestibility and growth performance for pigs fed high fiber diets. It is mainly because that the fiber composition of diets are different. For example, the albinose to xylose ratio in corn DDGS and wheat meetings are different, as well as the albinosinins to the total non-starch polysaccharides ratio. Therefore, different diets require tailored enzyme strategies. The challenge is that there are a lot of carbohydrates available in the market, and it is expensive to conduct animal trials to evaluate the efficacy in different types of diets. So fortunately, the in vitro digestion system is a cost-effective tool to evaluate the numerous of enzymes at the same time when the most effective enzyme was screened out, a subsequent animal feed trial would also be conducted to validate the efficacy of the selected enzymes. So tell us, how did you complete this study? Okay, so firstly, we connected 11 carbohydrates from eight companies. Some products only claimed xylate activity and some only some were cocktails. Since the definition of enzyme activity is different, so it is unfair to test all enzymes in the same claimed activity. Therefore, we just simply followed the suggestion 
suggested inclusion to test these commercial enzymes. And the in vitro enzymatic hydrolysis was applied to mimic digestion in stomach and small intestine of pigs. In briefly, two grams simple such as corn DDGS or wheat meetings were incubated with exogenous pepsin and pancreatin at different pH conditions. The solitary residues were connected and used for measuring in vitro digestibility. This digestibility is similar to the true inner digestibility in pigs. At the same time, 0.2 hydrolyzed residues were mixed with 30 milliliters species in Nocnum for 72 hours. Gas production was recorded at different time points and the short-chain fatty acid concentration of the inoculum was also determined at the end of the fecal fermentation. And then a following animal feeding trial was also conducted to validate the efficacy of the synactic carbohydrates. In briefly, the enzyme was supplemented into three different types of basal diets, which were corn soybean diets, or corn soybean diet plus 40% DDGS, or corn soybean plus 30% wheat meetings. And there are 54 lessery pigs were individually fed in the lessery pens for 28 days in this study. The growth performance, energy, and the nutrient digestibility was mirrored in the animal trials. Okay, so if I understood correctly, you did first an in vitro yeah. project, and mm -hmm. then you actually did a feeding trial feeding it yeah. to pigs. Yeah. Great. So can you share with us what were the results of the study? Okay, sure. So firstly, almost all of the collected carbohydrates had positive effects on the in vitro digestibility of dry matter and the growth energy in weight meetings. However, we added the same carbohydrates into corn DDGS and no differences in in vitro digestibility of trimester and growth allergy was observed. This means enzymes only worked in the wheat meetings, but not in corn DDGS, as to the digestibility. As to the fecal fermentation results, all of carbohydrate supplementation decreased the in vitro gas production of wheat meetings inoculated with pig bases. So, as you may know, the reduced gas production always associated with the decreased short-chain fatty acid production during fermentation. And short-chain fatty acid can be absorbed in the large intestine of pigs and served as a major energy source for the host. And we can have an equation to calculate the energy from short-chain fatty acid. And this energy is very similar to the concept of handguard fermentation of energy in pigs. Our results show that carbohydrate supplementation decreased energy derived from short-chain fatty acid in wheat meetings. And if you remember, I previously mentioned that carbohydrate increased the in vitro digestibility of gross energy in wheat meetings. And the average improvement was about 4.2%. However, when moved to the fermentation step, energy derived from short-chain fatty acids 
were decreased by carbohydrate supplementation, and the average reduction was about 2.4%. To combine these two parts together, the average improvement of energy digestibility was only 1.8% by supplementing carbohydrates into weight readings. And we followed the same procedure to test carbohydrates effects in corn DDGS. It was found that none of the connected enzymes affect the gas production and short-chain acid concentration. Since we didn't observe any significant differences on in vitro digestibility and fecal fermentation characteristics among the commercial enzymes in both feed meetings and corn DDGS, so we just simply selected the enzyme showed highest in vitro digestibility of dry matter in wet meetings and applied this enzyme in the animal trial. So the animal trial showed that enzyme supplementation tend to improve the average daily gain and average daily feed intake. And the numerical improvement was greater in wet meeting diets compared to pigs that the corn soybean diet or DDGS diet. At the same time, we only observed the significant improvements in apparent inner digestibility of dry matter and energy in wet meeting diets but not in corn soybean diet or corn DDGS diets. As to the apparent total digestibility of allergy and dry matter, there were only numerical increased by enzyme supplementation for pigs that when meeting diets. Finally, we also measured the xylose concentration at the genome and inner digester. With this, we helped us to understand the how much fiber was degraded in the digester. We did observe the increased release of xylose in the small intestine by supplementing enzyme into corn soybean diet, DDGS, or wet meeting diet. This result implies that enzyme supplementation had some effects in corn DDGS diet, but the nutritional benefits were much weaker compared to supplementing enzyme into wet meeting diet. And why are these results that you shared important takeaways from your study? Why are they important to pig farmers? As you may know, the, the rising of the price of traditional ingredients, such as corn or, and soybean meal, the pork producers are driven to include more and more high fiber byproducts into the swine diets. Especially corn DDGS, this is very popular in the North American market. And fiber degrading enzyme is a very good strategy to deal with this trend. However, people always feel confused in applying the best matched enzymes in the diverse swine diets since there are lots of feed enzymes available in, on the market. And my studies were supported by the National Pork Board and we have low interest conflicts with enzyme suppliers. So my results will help the pork producer better understand how does carbohydrates work in different type of basal diets and uh, apply suitable enzyme strategy in different diets. Good, thank you. And based off your results, what conclusions can be made from your study? Firstly, almost all of the collective commercial carbohydrates worked very well in wheat meeting diets. 
and conservatively speaking, carbohydrate supplementation may save 50 kcal per kilogram digestible energy in diets including fiber from wheat. Secondly, carbohydrate supplementation only increases the apparent inner digestibility of wheat meeting diets, but this also associated with reduced handguard fermentation. So what does this mean to the pork producer? For example, the energy suppliers may claim that the products save 80 kcals per kilogram energy in specific diets. However, this number may calculate from the apparent inner digestibility of energy. But the nutritionists use digestible or metabolized energy that calculated from the total tract digestibility of energy to formulate the diets. Therefore, the actual energy saving effects of enzyme should be less than 80 kcals per kilogram. You may only save 40 kcals digestible energy by enzyme supplementation. So certainly, carbohydrate supplementation has marginal effects for pigs that diets with corn DDGS. To be frankly, there is few commercial enzymes works very well in corn DDGS diets, at least according to my ecology. And one of my suggestions for the farmers is that supplementing fiber-degrading enzymes from nesterine to fishing pigs that fed pigs, that fed, that for pigs fed DDGS diets. In this case, the marginal effects of carbohydrates may be accumulated during the long-term feeding phase. You may observe considerable improvement of viral body weight in pigs fed diets with DDGS and carbohydrates. However, the actual results may be inconsistent and unpredictable. Finally, our research group are still working on exploring the fiber structure of corn DDGS and try to decode that why fiber from corn DDGS is highly resistant to carbohydrates. And we are also trying to test other strategies to improve nutritional value of corn DDGS. We may have good news in the future. Thank you, Zikai Zen, for sharing your research on increasing nutritional value of high fiber ingredients with us today. I also want to thank those who are listening to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast. This has been Sarah Sheik, Swine Extension Educator, along with Zikai Zen, sharing his research on increasing nutritional value of high fiber ingredients. To further connect with the University of Minnesota Swine Extension, please visit our website at www.extension.umn.edu backslash swine. To learn about research being done by our swine faculty in veterinary medicine, please visit their Swine in Minnesota blog at www.umnswinenews.com. This wraps up our podcast for today.